0: Hi, my name is Ryan Wynn, and this is How It's Reported, a podcast from the Emerald Podcast Network about how reporters do the work we do. And today, we actually have a movie critic. This is...
1: Ilana Slavitt.
0: How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great, thank you. How are you?
0: I'm good, I'm good. So, this week, you did... well, you wrote a cover story. Could you tell us a little bit about it?
1: Sure. I wrote a cover story on the Oscars and some of the problems that it has in terms of intersectionality... The Oscars are coming out soon, next week, and so I thought it was an interesting time to bring forth this subject.
0: Yeah, yeah. What other sorts of movies have you written about? Just give our listeners a sense of like your breadth, I suppose.
1: Sure. I definitely focus on um, intersectional queer films and feminist films, but I've reviewed a broad range of films from horror movies to action films to award contenders.
0: Yeah, yeah. So could you tell us a little bit about where the idea to write this came about?
1: I'm a cinema studies major, and I've always watched the Oscars since I was a little kid. I've always really enjoyed watching them, and I used to take a lot of the nominations and wins for granted. I always thought that that was the final say about what the best movie of the year was. But then as I got older, I realized that I didn't necessarily agree with a lot of the decisions that were being made. And so when I was thinking about pitching a cover, uh, the Oscars really appealed to me as there are a lot of different angles you can take when covering it and a lot of different interesting parts of the entire process. And also with the Me Too movements and the Time's Up movement, there are a lot of different interesting intersections of political movements that are advancing with the Oscars, also the Oscars So White campaign.
0: Yeah, I remember that on Twitter. It kind of sounds like you grew up with the Oscars the way people would with, like, their other family members. Like, you take them for granted and then you realize, oh, maybe they're not so right all the time.
1: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah. I will say that I'm not a big movie person, so I don't know a whole lot about movies. But could you tell us us about, like, some of... I guess for the listeners who haven't read this yet and who should, and the link will be down in the description below... Where were your, like, main points of disagreement with the Oscars for this year?
1: Yeah, um, my main points of disagreement with the Oscars this year is definitely the uh, nominations for Best Picture for uh, Bohemian Rhapsody and Green Book. I personally, although this is very objective, I extremely disliked both of those movies, <laughs> <laughs> and I do not think that they're... Uh, worthy of nomination there's also a lot of controversy which i discussed in the article about how the director brian singer of bohemian rhapsody was accused of sexual assault yet the film is still being nominated at the golden globes where it won and then the oscars and one it's just a factually incorrect movie movie it's um queer shaming
0: the Green Book or Bohemian Rhapsody? Sorry, Bohemian Rhapsody. Okay, because I remember reading about that.
1: Yeah, I wrote an article about that one, actually.
0: Yeah, so you've written, like, these other film review articles of other movies like Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm-hmm. Was it difficult trying to extend that into a longer, like, 2000-ish word piece? Or
1: Honestly, it wasn't that difficult because it's something that, interests me greatly yeah so I just kind of did my research and thought about all the movies I'd seen over the course of the year and then everything came naturally
0: yeah yeah so this kind of like writing with film criticism is a bit different than news reporting in that you can express your opinions I and Alana you know this what's your like process when writing these sorts of things I'm a very like hard news person and I was just wondering a bit more about that
1: Yeah, I mean, that's something I definitely struggle with myself in terms of making sure I'm not putting too much of my own personal bias and personal opinion in my writing. Although there's definitely more of a place for that in movie reviews or any kind of media reviews than obviously hard news because you really don't want to have any sort of bias involved. In general, I have to say that just art reviews in general – you can't avoid bias. It's always going to be there. You just have to make sure that you do your research and that you use film terminology and specific film devices in your writing so that you're not just rambling and using only personal preference.
0: Yeah, it also feels to me like art when it does personally connect with you, that is like a sort of personal bias. And, like, that's a good thing, though. It's not necessarily a bad thing in that sense, mm-hmm. right? Or is that like.
1: Definitely. And also, there are some films for me where I can tell from an objective standpoint that they are brilliant films. Oh, I
0: thought you were going to say really bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That,
1: too. That, too. Um,. But I personally for whatever reason the movie didn't resonate me resonate with me. For example, I understand that Roma is a beautiful, gorgeous film. The film itself didn't resonate with me as much as The Favorite did or other films of this year, but I still recognize its great achievement.
0: Yeah, that's really cool. Could you talk a little bit about the main argument in your article about how it just kind of this one bias organization picks the best movies a little bit we've talked about this a little bit already
1: the main argument in my article is basically talking about how this one organization picks a lot of movies based on personal bias and also outside sources and I really wanted to connect that with intersectionality and how because of all of these different elements that prevent the organization from being as non-partial as possible a lot of intersectional Nominees uh, get left out of the cultural sphere. What I'd definitely like readers to get out of this article is to critically think about the movies that they're watching, the award nominations they're watching, even the film reviews they're reading. Don't take everything I say as the rule on film. It definitely comes from my own personal bias. You just have to admit that in everything you view. For whatever reason, Certain films might resonate with you more than others. And just the general idea, even skating past this whole argument that I'd like people to take, is that the entire world is biased, especially the art world, and just watch what you love. And even if it doesn't get the greatest reviews, if you enjoy it, that's all that matters.
0: So when you were writing on this story, what was like the most difficult part of doing it we talked about a little bit before about how extending the length of this wasn't necessarily the hardest part for you so could you tell me what was
1: finding sources to back up a lot of my claims is probably the most difficult because I have my own opinions about the Oscars but I definitely needed other critics to back up a lot of the things that I was talking about And I also wanted to include a lot of statistics so people knew I wasn't just making things up, wasn't just false news. Um, So that was probably the most difficult aspect. But obviously, that's what's important about journalism is making sure that everything adds up and that you get all of your sources.
0: Yeah, yeah. So was there anything like surprising that you learned in the process of writing this?
1: I've been researching the Oscars for a long time, even before I started. Uh, writing this article so nothing necessarily surprised me I guess I just made a lot of my own personal connections while reading the or writing the article for example I remember watching the Oscars in which Seth MacFarlane hosted and being really horrified when was that oh gosh 2013
0: 20 it was that recent Mm -hmm. oh that was like six years ago actually and he thing.
1: made like blackface jokes and this whole song about boobs. And it's an article.
0: Yeah, I think I remember this.
1: He had a history of this kind of behavior before, but the Academy didn't do anything about it. They still hired him. I mean, the same sort of thing happened with Kevin Hart, where these tweets were out in the universe. They could have easily found them. The um homophobic tweets for reference. But they still hired him, and then of course, they come out as soon as he was hired. So that whole connection between problematic hosts was very interesting to me.
0: I was also wondering, how long did it take you to write this? We, there's like a varied um, amount of time that people spend writing their stories. and for criticism, I feel this might have been a little different because it was like more of like an analysis.
1: I honestly can't say because I originally started writing this as a very short piece. And then as I was writing it, I realized that there was no way it was going to fit. So then I decided to pitch it as a cover instead. Yeah, honestly, for me, when I'm writing, the time just passes by. (laughs) I can't honestly say I listen to music. I just kind of get in the zone.
0: You don't listen to music when you're writing? No,
1: I do listen to music. Oh, okay.
0: (laughs) I was about to, I was going to be a little scared of that.
1: (laughs) Oh, no, 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 I do. Okay.
0: (laughs) Do you listen to film soundtracks? I do sometimes. There we go. <laughs> yeah,
1: or when I did the *Stars Born* review, I listened to the *Stars Born* soundtrack. The same thing with *Bohemian Rhapsody*. Uh, when I don't, I'm not reviewing a film with a soundtrack. I just kind of play whatever fits my mood.
0: Do you have a favorite film soundtrack?
1: Definitely the *Juno* soundtrack. I have to stick really? with that. Mm-hmm.
0: I watched that for the first time very recently. I really liked it actually. So good. I can't, I might have to listen to the soundtrack on my own time to figure out an opinion. Kimia on mine.
1: Dawson. It's so good.
0: <laughs> I was also wondering so, in the print edition of the story, and maybe the online version too, there's a little sidebar that describes who you think should have won and who you think will win. Could you tell me a little bit about how you like formulated those ideas? It just like it's. A, I assume it's a different process than like traditional news reporting.
1: Sure. Again, this definitely has to do with objective reporting. Yeah. <laughs> this also has to take into account the specific nominees. So, people that I think should win Best Actor or Best Actress, for example, aren't necessarily in the nominees. But okay. I just uh, chose the people that were there and I wanted to tell people who will win and then who I think should win just to prove that the whole thing is really based on personal preference. And whoever wins, it really doesn't matter in the long scheme of things because all of the nominees are just so incredibly talented.
0: Yeah, yeah. So this was your first cover story. How does it feel like seeing it in print today?
1: It feels amazing. The Graphics (laughs) that everyone did were incredible. I've never had a cover story in print, so I'm very, very excited about that. I don't necessarily know where I'm going to go with my career. I really do love film journalism, so seeing this in paper definitely gives me a kind of thrill of, oh, okay, I could even do this later on.
0: I think that we are nearing the end of our time here. Is there anything you wanted to mention before we wrap things up?
1: Sure. I'd just like to give a few film shout outs of films people should see <laughs> that were not nominated. In my opinion, the best film of the year was Blind Spotting, hands down.
0: I'm sorry, I haven't heard of
1: it. Blind Spotting, it's incredible. It stars uh, David Diggs and Rafael Casal. It's set in Oakland and it deals with themes of police brutality. And it's just truly amazing. I don't want to spoil anything with the plot.
0: Is it more like a drama or is it more like adventure? Like what kind of genre is it?
1: It's drama and musical. There's a lot of spoken... Well, it's not quite musical, but there's a lot of spoken word and rap elements because both of the actors... Divi Diggs was in Hamilton for reference.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. This is coming together now. (laughs) It comes together. Yeah. What other films would you like to nominate?
1: Yeah. I would definitely...
0: Insert award show music here. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Madeline's Madeline The Kindergarten Teacher The Tale Revenge Oh Lucy For short le- or short animated film I would definitely have to say Mean Burden which uh, won at Sundance 2018. I would highly recommend It's on Amazon <laughs> Prime
0: it's On Amazon Prime <laughs> <laughs> We're not sponsored We're not sponsored
1: There are so many that I could list that I don't have off the top of my head. But I would highly recommend just going on Rotten Tomatoes, seeing what's high up there, and kind of scrolling down because there's a lot of independent films that you may have missed.
0: Uh, Yeah, I can't say that I've heard of a lot of these, but I definitely want to check some of them out. Alana, thanks so much for coming on How It's Reported. And I'm Ryan Wynn. This has been How It's Reported. See you next week.
1: Goodbye. Thank you.